Today I am. Today you are, and you are most of these days. Wow. It's great to be back in the studio tonight. Well, every Thursday night we are at this time. Last week we had a very special guest. Yes, we did. Deborah Poor, licensed mental health counselor from the Sarasota Bradenton area. Good friend of mine. Anybody who wants to catch her books, go to Amazon. One is entitled, her most recent one is Beyond Reason. And the first one was Peace at Any Price kind of fits into kind of what we're talking about Absolutely. tonight, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, she will be back with us some other time. Uh, she had to take a break from us. I think you <laughs> just, you absolutely just like kind of shell-shocked her. I think it was you. I, I yeah, I, yeah, I'm sure it was me. I think it was, yeah. So welcome uh, Facebook audience. We're up on Facebook on both of our pages right now. Welcome if you'd like to be involved in the show while we're doing it live uh just uh write on a comment there on facebook and we'll see it because angel the computer's right in front of her and then tommy's in the control room t- to take any calls if you'd like to call in and comment or yeah or just ask a question or whatever or uh 727-441-3000 we'd love to hear from you or you can always text uh, you can also do that. Ouch. And <laughs> sorry. It is sorry. that kind of night it's tonight, It's going to be guys. that kind of night, Tommy. We can see it right now. Uh, it's all her. <laughs> yeah, what can I say? And so um, 727-888-4171 comes directly to my phone. So if you'd like to text something at 727-888-4171, we've given you all kinds of options. You can go to our website, goyard2014.org, if you'd like to ch- catch up on a lot of the old shows with titles and you know that's really a good source for us and we got to get that caught up i'm just i promise i will that's on next week's project to get this year caught up on our website so we've got a lot of titles and a lot of times we do a series why do we do that well when we do a series it gives us an opportunity to kind of take that topic and really look at it from multiple angles lay it out give some great tools and suggestions and tips to help people get through it exactly so what usually starts out to be one show or two shows ends up three four or in the case of coping with the covid calamity series which was earlier this year that was like 16 i think it was very our longest series (laughs) ever but everything changed every week so so yeah if any of your what any of those uh if you hear a little puppy it's because a little puppy is here uh are you you can show our audience your baby son. <laughs> My baby Maybe son. Maybe later. He's content in his crate. All right. Little Mozzie. Little Mozzie. So anyway, we're glad you're with us tonight. We've got a great show. We're starting a new series tonight, and we're going to call it Using Your Words. Yes. Using Your Words. Um, this is something that therapists tell parents to tell their children. Oh, yeah. We tell everybody to use their words. Oh, not just children. Not just children. Everybody needs to use their words. And I think... You know, as we become adults, like, we lose this art. Oh. We really do u- lose the art of using our words. Aha. That's an interesting concept that, that mm-hmm. happens at, with adulthood. Mm-hmm. Like age 18, when you can vote, no, 21. No, we're moving into adulthood. I don't, I don't know if it's 18. Happy birthday. You don't use your words anymore. But as I'm noticing people move into adulthood, it's like we are using our words less and less and less as we kind of emerge through adulthood. Uh, okay. Then let's find out what we use. <laughs> we will. If we're not using our words, what we use is ex- expectation of mind reading. Ah, expectation of mind reading. So that happens when you become 21 or whatever. As you, we get, we, when we start establishing our own relationships and the more we're with that person, the more we think they should just know. No. 
They should just know. So why should we have to talk about it and use our words when they should just know and they should react appropriately to our situation? Absolutely. And so we stop communicating and using our words, and then we are expecting them to just know why we're upset or what they need to do or what we need. And then we're disappointed. We're angry. We're frustrated. We start getting resentful. And it really makes Like I am with you right now because... And you just, I just expected you just now to remember that the Rays won the American League wild card and they're going to start playing the Yankees in the playoffs next week. And you didn't say a word about that. And our show is Go Yard. It's all I about know. baseball. So, see, I expected you. So now my feelings are hurt. Because you know how I prize baseball in yes. my life. You know how important it is. And well, that's a great example of what people do, though. <laughs> and if you love me or All if you of that really metaphor friend, what just, right. just came up spontaneously, but it is accurate. It's so accurate. And, you know, oh, well, if you really cared about me, you would have known that that really mattered to me and you should have opened with that. You know, like your example, like that happens all the time. So are we conditioned to react like that with people in our lives, especially good friends, family, significant others? Are we conditioned that way to do we see our parents acting like that? That's, I guess, the question I want to ask you. Um, I, I, I do. I do think we probably have seen our parents do that. But I think there's just some kind of thought or belief that happens the closer I am with somebody, uh, the more time I spent with them, the more valuable they are to me, the more they should just know. They should just know. They should just know. And so, but the problem with that whole concept is that when we have expectations for people in our lives, whether they be friends, significant others, work, you know, bosses, whatever, then we make ourselves vulnerable to be hurt. Exactly. Um, when we put those words out there and when we have these expectations and they're not met, we do feel hurt. We feel angry. We feel disappointed. We feel like we're unlo- that they don't care about us. They don't love us. They're not really our friend or whatever. And we walk in that hurt for a very long time. Yeah. And, and I think that through the years, as I've done a lot of pastoral counseling, I see this more in marriages and in, in significant other relationships. It seems to me like those expectations, uh, they, they get more intense as life goes on. Well, because that's usually our closest relationship. We spend the most time usually with our spouse or a significant other. But it can go another good friendships, family relationships, that kind of stuff. Too. Exactly. Okay. So the danger of that, of expecting somebody to know what you're thinking or how you, or to ask you the right questions so that you'll say what you're thinking, right? A lot of times those are our expectations. That is an expectation. They'll just know. They can see it by the look on my face. They can, by the look on my face or the body language. Let's the talk body about language. body language a moment in this respect of expectations. Sure. And so we're expecting someone to see our downcast body language or our stressed out body language and they should just know what we need. Don't you think that's a common human problem that people really do have those expectations? They do. They just really like do. I'm still hurt right now because you did not understand how important it was for me that you acknowledge the Ray's big victory. They really do have those expectations and okay. they sit in this silent hurt and then they start like growing that anger or resentment and then we start getting the other person the silent treatment or withdrawing our love and affection because they've hurt us and they don't even know that they hurt us or how they hurt us right exactly so a lot of us go through tremendous pressures in our lives just by daily living let alone if we just if we just back out the covid situation which has totally changed everything this year but i mean let's just talk about life as we knew it prior to covid <laughs> i guess or as we know it now where we it, it's not tainted by those problems but just interacting it's human interactions mm-hmm. um don't you think dr angel there's a whole lot of people that go through years and years and years of failed expectations from others and the resentments just build and build and build to the point that they aren't using their words at all in fact they're not hardly talking yeah they start getting very silent and isolating or pulling away absolutely Um, and then we have this whole breakdown happening and so much 
hurt and resentment and anger and just all kinds of negative feelings. And by the time usually they get to the counseling room, like it's been built up for so long. We have to un- so much to unpack. It gets really hard. Well, as we talk about this tonight and probably for the next couple of weeks, um, I want to bring in to this whole discussion of using your words, verbal abuse. Okay. Because an awful lot of people, uh, you know, when, when we talk about our title, using our words, we're saying that in a positive vernacular, right? Yes. We should learn to talk and communicate, mm-hmm. right? And we're going we're gonna to help y'all audience with that. Uh, we haven't spoken for days. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry. But, I mean, no. The positive side of this, we want to help people use yes. their words, right? The negative side of that is that a lot of people have lived in, grown up in, or are married to an abuser of some type. Sure. And we're going to talk about that. I want to touch on that, uh, about how abuse, what it means, bullying, um, just um, maybe discounting somebody else's opinion. Who cares? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm doing it this way. I don't care what you think, you know, or I'm going here. Are you going on vacation with me? I don't care. I'm planning this. I'm going. Whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And and there's so many aspects of verbal abuse. Mm -hmm. Right. Body language abuse, Mm -hmm. et cetera. Financial abuse, all kinds of abuse. A lot of different The very first series we did. Yes, we did. Domestic. Which was six years ago, last month, when we started this show, was domestic violence. Do you remember why we started with that? Uh, Wasn't it a football player? It was a football player. Yes. Yeah. Charged of... uh, Beating up his wife in an elevator. Yes. We won't mention his name. And uh, it was hot on the topic. It was everything people were talking about and the domestic violence. And so our first series, clear back then in 2014, September of 2014, was about domestic violence. I think domestic violence comes in a lot of different forms, correct? I would agree. Um, And I think a lot of people only see something as um, domestic violence or abusive if they're have black eyes or physical injuries to show for it. Right. But that, what is abusive, can be a very big line of what that means. Right. And so they discount it, make excuses for it, um, try to ignore it, try to say, oh, he's going to change or she's going to change. I'm helping them do better. Okay, so let's start with this discussion, using your words, with that concept of people who are in relationships, whether it be a family relationship, you can have a parent that abuses you terribly, right? You can have a coworker, you can have a boss, you can have all kinds of different people in your life that do this to Mm -hmm. you, right? And so let's talk first about the overt action that people do in our lives and how we should respond keeping in mind this title of the series, Using Your Words, because so many people go silent. So let's just take it from a personal relationship status first. I mean, a marriage, a somebody, boyfriend, girlfriend, living together, whatever the case may be. Sure, a romantic relationship of sorts. Um, and so oftentimes, like, we spend so much time with that person, so we'll see, like, those frustrations coming out. And, and it's normal to have frustrations. It's not normal to take those frustrations and belittle or make someone feel less than or blame them for all the problems that are happening in their life or their marriage or their job. Like that's not okay. And so when you are, you know, when we're frustrated, you know, oh, you didn't put the lid back on the toothpaste. Like we're talking about that. But when it's, you know, you, it's all your fault. Like our finances are bad or it's all your fault. My job, because you know, you didn't iron, you don't iron my clothes or you're not doing this or you're that you word. I can't tell you how many times, like I have to stop people. We have to stop the you word because as soon as we're starting to do you, 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 we're projecting and casting blame and Boy, responsibility. We are. It's a blame thing, isn't it? The word you. Yeah, that's that's really good. So how how much of a problem is that in a lot of relationships? As a counselor, do you see this problem a lot, the you problem? Oh, I see the you problem a lot, and it comes out in the forms of, and it may not be like full-fledged abusive, but it's definitely unhealthy. Okay. And it's, you know, um, well, if you just listened to me, or if you just did things the way I want us to do things, or if you... If you, if you, like that, if you, it just is causing an unhealthiness right then and there because we have a power differential. 
Okay. And so when explain that. So sure. So when we're talking about a romantic relationship, I love when they started calling um, romantic relationship partners because that's really what a romantic relationship should be. We're partners. We're in this together. We are equal. We have equal power. We have equal say. We have. We're equal. Um, but when we start going, you should just now one person is putting themselves above the other uh-huh. person, and they're pushing the other person down. And stripping their power. Stripping their power. Yeah. So there's where that power differential comes from. So we come from being, you know, partners to now we have this power dynamic happening. And anytime it's abusive, there's always a power dynamic involved. Okay. And I don't use always much, so. Yeah, that's right. So <laughs> you don't. Um, when this is going on, this dynamic, it can be going on prior to somebody like deciding to move in together. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Right. And, yes. and you would think that would be a red flag. You know, you would think we've, d- we've done a whole series on red flag blindness from a couple of years ago. Right. But it's not a red flag for a lot of people because why? Because they think it's they can change it. They'll make it better. Oh, if they just knew how much I love them, they wouldn't do this. Like, they've had bad relationships in the past, and so they just need to know that they're loved and cared for, it, and that's going to magically disappear. Like, they make excuses. They make excuses. I think that's one reason. I think another one is that a lot of people are desperate to not be alone. True. I want you to address that after you take a, a drink of water Sorry while we're about all watching. That. No, we're just all watching. On, Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I appreciate so, that. Uh, no, um, you know, there's a lot of people afraid of being alone. And so it's they feel like it's better to be partnered with somebody that there's some problems, but to have somebody than to be alone. Right. But the problems we're talking about in this series only magnify, do they not? They do. They grow. They do not get better. They don't get better unless they're confronted, correct? Correct. They, and work is done to rectify the situation. Right. Right? So confrontation, boundaries, like there's a We're lot. We're going to talk about that place. stuff in this series. So how can you expect, audience, uh, whoever, how can you expect there to be change in your partner if that person is not really confronted, and I don't like that word confronted, so we're going to change that word, use your words. But, I mean, we're going to change that word from confrontation to dialogue, I guess. Sure, just open, honest communication. Dialogue, right. How can you expect those changes to happen? And yet, in the pastoral counseling that I've done many, many times throughout the years, I I see people crying. That person doesn't understand me. That person is inconsiderate of my time. That person does not value me. That person puts me down on and on and on and on. Okay, they can tell me or they can tell you as a counselor that. But when it comes to telling that other person involved with it, very hard to do. Uh, Yeah, often very hard to do. And usually it's because there's already probably a power dynamic at play. And so they feel less than. Um, They already feel like they don't have the power to speak that truth. Maybe they're questioning because a lot of times when we see this happening, especially unhealthy, extremely and abusive, that we see this. I'm blame. I'm casting all the responsibility on the other person for all this bad behavior. Right. So it's all your fault, and yeah. so they take it and they own that responsibility. They don't like how it feels, but uh, they and own so it. instead of using their words, they accept the blame. They mm-hmm. accept the responsibility to make this relationship work mm-hmm. because they're either desperate, lonely, or it's what they had so modeled in to love. them. I'm so in love, <laughs> right? Or it's what they had modeled to them in their childhood. childhood. Maybe that's normal to them. That's so. Right. That's what they're expecting, right? Um, is there an? Can there be an element of desperation? Oh yeah. And the abuser, let's call it that person, the abuser or the controller or whatever you want to call them, senses that desperation. Oh my goodness, yes. Yeah. They, they can they can pick up on that very quickly, um, and they're looking for those people that are more vulnerable to it. So right, you know, I think we talked about last week. People who are more vulnerable to this are the people who um, feel guilt easily and people who want to please and help other people all want the time please. Mm-hmm. which we would recommend deborah poor's first mm-hmm. book the please disease uh no it's it's 
Peace at Any Price is actually the name on Amazon. But she really talks at length about this please disease. And it is a very real problem in people's sure. lives. That book would help you a lot. It helped me many years ago when it first came out, 2005. So, okay, I, boy, the time, where's it going? I mean, come on. I feel like it's crazy. Just we just started talking. That's because you were angry at me for the first half of the show. Oh, I, mean. I was. I was. So I've got to use my words. Yes. And Yeah. No, I was not. I know. I like to tease you. That's all. Okay, so so before we go to break here, so why is a topic like this important? Why are we spending a series on this? First of all, because I think a lot of people are struggling it, going through it, feeling it. And if we can learn to really use our words in a healthy manner, we'll experience healthier relationships, better communication, more satisfaction all across our life in any relationship that we're using these strategies in. Okay, but what about the listener who's saying, but I might lose the love of my life if I actually confront or cross him or her or try to dialogue in a meaningful way or say, suggest we go to counseling, that I may, they may just move out. And that, that can really happen. Um, but here's the thing. The more you're living in an unhealthy dynamic, the more damage it does to you as a person, emotionally, mentally, physically. If you have children, the more you're teaching them, this is okay. This is okay. Like, so there's a lot at stake there. So tell me this, as you're in your professional opinion, as a PhD licensed mental health counselor with 500 degrees, <laughs> um, what, what, how often is this a problem in relationships? I see it quite frequently yeah. on some level. Like it, it doesn't have to go all the way to the abuse level, but definitely communication is the one of the number one issues we deal with in, in counseling, especially any kind of relational or family counseling. Doesn't fear figure in this too? Sure. I mean, I don't want to use my words because I'm afraid they might overreact or they might throw a oh, temper yes. tantrum or they might embarrass me in front of my parents or they might... Or they might leave me or they might not like me anymore or they might you know, fill in the blank. Sure, fear is a huge thing that blocks people yeah. from really using their words. Right. Yeah. We've got a whole lot more to talk about here. Um, and dealing with this in the area of verbal abuse, we're going to talk about that as we come out of break. But verbal abuse could be defined as what? Well, it's using your words to make another uh put somebody down, to uh, shame them, to push blame onto them. So basically, you're elevating yourself and pushing someone down. You're, you're using your words to create this power differential. And when we talk about the title of the series, we're talking about a positive aspect of using your words. Yes. But is there is that negative side of this, right? Yes, absolutely. And a lot of times when people experience um, having someone use their words negatively, they get more quiet. The person who's, I guess, I don't know what you want to call them, the not the abuser, the other one. The recipient, the recipient of There's a good word. They start getting quiet and they shut down more and more and more. Right. And it's a progressive thing. And we're mm -hmm. going to talk about what happens to them as they shut down. You picked a song called Brave today for a break. What does that mean to you? Um, well, some of the lyrics in the song talk about say what you want to say. Okay. You need to, you know, let, be brave. And be it's brave. about being brave and about talking our truth and using our words and being real in our relationship. So it takes courage to be brave. I mean, it takes courage to be brave. It that does makes take sense. courage to be brave now. Yeah, it does. It takes courage to use your words it sometimes, does. right? A lot of times because you're putting yourself out there. Right. So we're going to talk more about that. Don't go anywhere and be, uh, you know, feel free to tell people, get on Facebook and join us there. And we'll be right back and listen to the words of this song. You can be amazing, you can turn a phrase into a weapon or a drug. You can be the outcast to be the backlash of somebody's lack of love.
entertaining and informative radio for the Sunshine State. Dr. Angel Falzoni specializes in a variety of therapeutic areas including trauma, depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, stress management, self-esteem, interpersonal relationships, ADHD, behavioral addictions, as well as spirituality issues. A Florida native, she holds multiple degrees, including a bachelor's in education and philosophy, a master's of arts in professional counseling and marriage and family therapy, and a PhD in psychology. Dr. Angel is also a Florida licensed mental health counselor. She has worked with youth and adolescents for 14 plus years and has worked extensively in women's mental health for the past six years. She has worked in agencies providing mental health services to family and youth at high risk. Dr. Angel is an accomplished psychotherapist who works with children, teens, adults, couples, and families. Dr. Angel has advanced training and experience in working with LGBTQ-specific individuals and issues. Dr. Angel can help you. Just call for an appointment at 727-501-6557 or online at drangelsdevelopment.com. Dr. Angel Falzoni, support for individuals, couples, and families. 727-501-6557. Prompt professional service is what you will receive when you allow Marsha McAllister of Charles Rittenberg Realty to help find that perfect home or list your home for sale. With over 23 years of experience in the Tampa Bay area, you will enjoy a smooth transaction from start to finish. Call Marsha today at 727-417-0707. Now is a great time to buy or sell a home. Call Marsha McAllister at 727-417-0707. This is the Tan Talk Radio Network. Wow. Yes. Could have been a more perfect song. You know, the song was just absolutely perfect. Yeah. Say what you want to say. And, and, and yeah. What? Why did you pick that? Because bravery is involved in that courage. It is. And it's hard for people. This is a really difficult battle um, for a whole lot of reasons. But a lot of times we do not really say what it is we want to say. We hold back. And do a lot of people... I'm sure they do, but I'm going to ask you, since you're the resident expert, do a lot of people then go to bed at night and it goes over in their head, I wish I would have said this. I wish I would have said that. Oh, my goodness, yes. Oh, if I would have only said that or if I would have only slammed the door or, you know, made a point, somehow made my point, right? Absolutely. And, you know, it's funny because we we start learning as kids to not say what we want to say or our truth or what we feel like we need to say because maybe we're afraid we'll get. In trouble or will disappoint you know a lot of um parents you know use that i'm disappointed in you phrase right and that uh, kind of holds yeah. kids back because right. they kind of feel that guilt and that shame it's funny because i had a little one in my office today and there's a lot going on in his life and i just looked at him i said what would you say to this person if you couldn't get in trouble and you could say anything you want what would you say and like his face lit up and he said it Woo. But we That's start good. learning That's good. at a young age that it's not okay to say it. Well, and I think a lot of people, a lot of people grew up in a f- family unit of some type, whether it be grandparents or parents or some, where if they said what they felt, they had their mouth washed out with soap. Or, I mean, that's that's really or extreme. it was... Right. They've got trouble. Negative in a way. Yeah. Deemed negative instead of just saying. Or they were discounted or they were shamed or, yeah. How many situations, because I've heard tons of it through the years, and I'm sure you have too. How many times have you heard somebody sitting across the table from you in a counseling office and they tell you how a a relative abused them sexually, Mm -hmm. let's say, right? Mm -hmm. I'm sure we'll get to that in this discussion. But a a relative, and what did you say? Did you tell your mom? No. Why didn't you tell your mom? Right. What is usually the answer? Because they're afraid they're going to get in trouble. Because they didn't feel they'd be believed. Or Or they were going to be in trouble or it was their fault. Or like you can fill in the blank because there's a lot of answers to that. But there's a lot of answers. There's a reason they kept quiet. They kept quiet. And a lot of times, and we've seen this on 
shows and movies and things, the child thinks that they will be blamed for doing something that that caused Mm -hmm. the abuse, right? Mm -hmm. And I think, and that's one example, that's sexual abuse, you know, but, but just in general, so many relationships, which is what we're talking about tonight, if you're just joining us, listeners, we're talking about the need to learn to use your words, like we say to little kids, some of my grandsons right now are learning to talk, you know? Yes. Yeah, the 19-month-old yesterday asked for a taco. So, taco, taco, you know, you don't Aww. even know they know that word, you know? But, I mean, they're beginning to use we their do. words. We do, and it's funny because it's like one of the first concepts we really teach our little ones, you know, is, you know, to use their words. And then after we, we taught them to use their words, because, you know, what they're doing is crying or having a tantrum. So we want them to use their words so we know how to help them. We want them to do that. And then as soon as we teach them that, then we start teaching them to not use their words. It's not okay to use their words. I've heard so many parents tell their kids, you can't be mad. Really? Yes. And it frustrates me. Everyone's going to experience anger and being mad. But it's, isn't it healthy to teach our kids from a young age to express what they're feeling? Absolutely. But I can't tell you, like, the number of grown men that I see who were taught as children it's not okay to cry or express any emotion. Yeah, like, right. so Especially men. We start teaching them to hold our, the kids to hold it back and to suppress it mm-hmm. that these things aren't okay. Right. And when we're doing that, we are suppressing this whole concept of speaking your truth, right? Yes. Using your words, speaking your truth. Even if your truth is not necessarily something your mother wants to hear or your grandmother wants to hear, it might be something that you wish the kid had not told you, right? True. But if it's something that has to be dealt with, it has to be dealt with. Absolutely. You know, that was one thing growing up with my kids. Like, truth means a whole lot to me. And I I don't, growing up, the message always has been to my kids, I can take anything in truth. Right. Anything. We'll deal with it. Anything in truth. I can handle that. I can't handle the lie. Right. And they have been very open and very honest at times when I did not want to know that information. But I appreciate that. So let's go to adults, okay? So the adult, we're talking about an adult partner type relationship a little bit tonight. And we're bringing in other things as we feel, because it's a wing it special like it always is, right? Yes, it is. Okay, so the adults begin to say, uh, use what we teach in counseling, when you said this, I felt this, right? Right. That whole concept. Mm -hmm. Would you amplify on that concept? Okay, so we're wanting the healthy concept. This is the healthy concept. So I felt X, Y, Z when When this happened. When this happened. I felt anger when you slammed the door in my face or when you... I felt like you didn't love me when you didn't bring me home dinner and you knew I worked a long day or I felt... But instead, what happens in so many relationships that is that kind of concept is not spoken. It is not spoken. It is, it is actually sometimes body language spoken. Oh, you know, the word fine. There's a meme on Facebook about when the woman uses the word fine and what all the different meanings it could mean. Because, oh, okay. like, you're supposed to just know what when she says, I'm fine, what it means, right? It could, usually the means way that said. a problem. <laughs> right, right. But she's not fine. There is a problem. She's not communicating the problem. Yeah. But even that example, which is a really good one, the word fine, it's how it's said, Mm -hmm. with what kind of intensity, with what kind of snottiness. Or it could be how quietly it's said can also mean a lot, like fine, because they're starting to shut it up and shut it down and hold back their real feelings or needs. Exactly. And it's usually a need that they have that's not being met. Right. But when we say fine, nobody knows that. Right. And, you know, here's the thing, especially in um, a lot of men take women at their word. Right. And when they say they're fine, they think they're really fine. Like they don't read between the lines. Well, you said line. you were like, fine. Well, and there's a difference <laughs> in brain development, actually, between men and women. No, this is true. Where men do not pick up on as many social emotional cues as women do. So sure, I they know. struggle yeah. with that. Right. So like there's a realness to it. So. But the woman sits in, and I don't want to just cause gender because it can go either way, but that person sits and feels unloved or unvalued or disappointed or hurt, but the other person has no clue. And then they're trying to rack their brain and figure out, well, what did they do or what they didn't do? And a lot of times, the person that is offended and hurt goes silent. 
oh yes silent or blast out in anger either one it goes some way or they get on the phone and you won't believe he's such a jerk and he wouldn't blah, 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 blah. they'll tell all their girlfriends what they wanted or needed but they won't tell the person who could actually meet the need i've known people who have actually gone to uh, destruction when this happens and break plates oh yes uh i know somebody extended family member who would this person is no longer on this planet dead but would use a frying pan to send the message when the per- the spouse was not expecting it to come hitting wow. him right in the face, right? Pretty extreme, yeah. So, that, yeah, that's extreme, but it happens, right? Oh, yes, it does. And it certainly sent a point. It <laughs> made sure a point. does do that, too. <laughs> but, I mean, people communicate. And my point of this first show, or our point, is in this topic is there are a lot of ways of sending messages without using our words. That is so true. And so here, and here's the thing is that most of the message we send isn't in our words. We've talked about that on many shows that 93% of our communication is made up. 93% is made up of what we call our paralanguage, which is like your tone of voice, the inflection on the words that you use. And then our body language. So that's sending most of the message, but the words are usually the clarifier in the other messages. And yeah, and there are so many people who are not good on picking up on the pair language. No, or well, and if you if you're not good at picking up on the social emotional cues, and some people just aren't, they don't have that, they don't understand it they're missing the whole communication and then. it's not just men it can be women oh, it, can it can be, be just the other way around. Either way around absolutely. absolutely yeah so if you are in a relationship where you think your spouse or your partner doesn't ever really see what you're trying to communicate and yet you're not good at using your words so you are like struggling with that you're just expecting them to do that you're already running at a deficit in the relationship yeah you are and and, and nobody can read your mind it just they why do we think people can we just expect i mean we would not admit that people would not admit that and say well yeah of course you should have read my mind on that they're not going to admit to that not in those terms but well he should have known that i should have or she should have known i worked a long day and i wanted to have a meal when i came home or that they should have the, the sink is full of dishes how could they not known that that would have been helpful for them to do right if they live in the same house, how do they not see, you know, they left their garbage on the table. Really? I had to work all day and then put that in the garbage? Like, they just expect that people can see things and assess it and have the same value that you do. Because we expect everyone to see the world the way we do. We do, don't we? Yes, we do. Hmm. So if it's important to us, we just assume it should be important to everybody in our world. Hmm. And so that's why you have to train spouses for many years. <laughs> <laughs> Right. I mean, so well, no, I mean, why we communicate, though. True. But really, the point is, how can they know if you don't communicate? And yet that those same people would say, by the way, I act to them. I don't I'm not friendly. Sure. I turn a cold shoulder. I, I don't talk to them for days, weeks. I burn their food. Yes. I sleep in the other room. Mm-hmm. I don't wash their clothes. <laughs> I mean, I've heard it all. Trust me, I've heard it all. And like, so a lot of times when I'm seeing this, especially in romantic relationships, like one of the things I want to do is step back and what is it you need? What do you need in your relationship? Okay. Because we have unmet needs happening when this chaos is going on. And step it back. What is it that you need that you're not getting? Okay, so the person who's listening to us right now and says, I've tried all that. I've tried sitting down, communicating with a counselor, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't work, doesn't work. They don't want to hear. They continue to play dumb, quote, unquote. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of people in relationships that one party plays dumb a lot. Like, mm-hmm. uh, what? You did said what? You know what I mean? Oh, well, that's one of the things. Or the other one can go to the counseling room and act like they're doing all the, oh, tell yeah. the counselor everything yeah. the counselor wants to hear. But when they leave the room, it's like a whole different story. Exactly. Or, this is one of my favorites. They come to the counseling room. Usually one's dragging the other one at this one. And they're like wanting the counselor to tell them everything that they're doing wrong. That so the other one, person's yeah, doing so wrong. So they want you know the counselor to take a side and tell them you're doing all this wrong and you need to fix this or or else kind of thing. Right. All of those are not healthy ways to work on this. 
What are healthy ways? Let's talk about that for a few minutes before we get out of here. What are some? Let's give some suggestions. Well, we of, we we threw a lot out. A we lot of different have, dynamics yeah. out tonight. But in, in healthy ways of getting through, especially our romantic relationships, it has to boil down to the quality of our communication. Okay, so if if we assume that a whole lot of people and probably people listening right now. They try to communicate non-verbally. Mm-hmm. Why? I think it, they feel less vulnerable when they do it that way. Okay, so they try to send a message and hope the partner just gets it and mm-hmm. changes. Or expect them to, not even just hope. They just expect them to. They just them expect to. them to, right? Mm-hmm. That's okay. All right. And so what happens in the person sending the message when it is not acknowledged or even realized i mean it's like you didn't even go to they didn't they didn't get it at all a lot of hurt disappointment anger frustration you name it and if they're an an expressive person you're you're they're going to express it outwardly if they're an inward person they're going to internalize it but that's usually when they talk to their buddies get on the phone and call their friends and be like you won't believe how terrible my person is because blah, blah 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 like they're telling they're using their words with other people. They just don't use their words with the people, the person who can actually do something okay, about it. So let me ask you this, Dr. Angel. Is one of the reasons they don't use their words with the person that they're living with and that has hurt them is because fill in the blank. Oh, I don't think there's one singular cause. No, just that. an example. Oh, okay. So um, one of the reasons, because I think they feel what if the, the person doesn't respond to their words and then they feel abandoned or rejected. Okay. And part of it could be desperation. I don't want to lose this marriage or this relationship, right? Or mm-hmm. I don't, I'm don't. i not financially stable. They can't move out. Or it can be faulty thinking that if they really love me, then I shouldn't have to tell them. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that in the counseling room. Well, they must not really love If they really love me, I wouldn't have to tell them this. Oh, yeah. Right. So they use it as like this measure of love or care or concern or fill in the blank. Okay. So what about the person listening today that says, all right, I've been married 25 years and we've had these discussions. We've gone to counseling three or four times. I'm just making all this up. Okay. Okay. But I mean, I'm sure there's people out there that might fit the bill on this. Uh, And I've gone to we've gone to counseling several times. We may have a breakthrough for a few weeks. And we go on a vacation. Everything's great. We come home. She's no longer talking to me or he's no longer talking to me or and I don't even know what happened. Well, we had a breakdown and we didn't really go back. And usually what happens in those situations when I hear that extreme is somebody put a Band-Aid on a shark bite. You know, like we took NyQuil when we needed an antibiotic. Oh, do you see what I'm saying? We dealt with the symptom, not the root problem. Okay, so last week, one of my vehicles was having a lot of trouble driving, a lot of noise, and it's always been really smooth running. It started cutting out, then it started dying at intersections. There was obviously a problem. Mm -hmm. I call the mechanic I've used many times, and I describe it to him, and he says, have it towed here. Well, I could have said, you know, that's inconvenient. I think I'll just keep driving, see if it gets worse. You know, I'll just put up with it because it's not that bad. It only died five times today, and yesterday it seemed to die more, right? And and as it turned out, because I did have a toad, it the person who changed the oil the last time it had not tightened the screw on the bottom of the oil filter. Therefore, we were down to less than a quart of oil left. So almost lost the whole engine. Wow. Now, that actually happened to me last week. And then you say, well, that's just a car. Yeah, but it's a metaphor. Yes, it is. So take that metaphor, which <laughs> we never plan these. These just come right out of life here. So talk about that. I mean, apply Sure. That. And so the, the individuals who experience like they've gone to counseling a few times and then they've had a few good moments and then they see these old, you know, the back to the original pattern right. is because... They never refill, put the screw back on and refill the oil back in, and they kept pushing something without really fixing the problem. 
So what could that be? Let's take it away from car now and take it to a relationship. So they didn't really fix it. They put a Band-Aid on it, as you just said. Right. Or like I, I just used this example with someone the other day. It's like taking cold medicine when you need a pack for an infection. Like right. It's going to, you know, you might not cough as much, but you're not clearing the real problem out. And most people, when they walk in the room, especially in counseling, are coming in with symptoms. Right. You know, oh, they won't let me talk to the person I want to talk to or they don't clean the dishes or they don't whatever. Those are the symptoms. That is not the problem at all. Right. What is the problem? Well, usually it's a whole communication breakdown uh, and, and it could be unhealthy patterns learned from their childhood or it could be it could be a lot of things. It could be failed expectations. Failed expectations, low self-esteem, like right. uh, symptoms of depression. I had one spouse really angry because the other spouse wasn't having um, intimate relations and depression does that and it takes away someone's desire and yeah. so they're thinking you know we have we right. need to know these things this person's feeling rejected and unloved the other person is going through deep depression right and is feeling isolated and unloved right so like yeah that's why when we get into when i tell everyone when if you go to counseling if you're struggling like this like counseling is a great place to work it out but the counselor should never take Sides, Right. It is not about wrong and right. It's about unhealthy patterns that are happening. Unhealthy patterns of communication, right? Yes. And it's not about taking sides. Now, if you're being abused, that's a different story. If there is abuse happening and it is unsafe or you are being harmed, then you need to go. Right. And be safe. Right. And you should not be in counseling together until that other person seeks individual help to break that pattern for themselves. And I think in general, personally, I think a lot of times it's better to get individual help. Absolutely. In fact, most of the time with marriage, I tell them first, you need to go individually because there's stuff under there that's causing all this to come this way. That's exactly right. Let's deal with it individually because a lot of times as we start healing that under stuff as individuals and then we come back together as a couple, those problems that were problems are now have a different objective and they we have a different perspective and maybe they're not a problem because we've learned skills to get through those things now and so it's more effective i even asked you this question last week in regard to a situation right Mm -hmm. and i said do would you agree with the statement that some counselors say that married couples once they start in counseling and once they separate they never get back together. That's not true. I've seen many couples Right, separate, you said that. But work in counseling, and some of them have been able to reconcile and have very great, healthy, strong marriages now. But this person had heard from a counselor, well, they never, you never get back. Don't, don't separate because you're never going to get back together, right? I, and I heard that. I've heard that. Many, many years ago, too, when I was in marriage counseling, right? Not well, as the, the counselor, you know, but as the one being counseled, <laughs> right? <laughs> that once you do that, once somebody moves out, that's just the end of it. Not always. Um, and here's the thing. I hardly ever use the words never or always. That's because right. Because absolutes don't. really do not usually happen in social sciences. Um, but with people, we're not perfect. We don't always do something. We do not never do something usually. Um, And so when I hear the word never, like that's an extreme word. And yeah, there's always going to be. Does it mean that the statistics are probably higher that those relationships don't get back together? Probably. But there are many cases if they can get the healthy skills they can come back and have a stronger, happier, healthier marriage And if or they can learn to break these patterns. They have to break them. It's okay, not one session. I think that is a great place to start next week, yes. is patterns of communication. And how that sets up dynamic in a home, in a job situation even. But right now we're talking about homes, you mm-hmm. know, people in relationships and, and whatever. So with all that said, this has been part one of using your words. Yes, it has. And uh, it's different than we ever think they're going to turn out to be. Sure it? is. But that's kind of the fun <laughs> and excitement of the radio, of what we do. It is, really. Yeah. And we like love to hear from y'all. Share our shows because we post them and then when people share them to their contacts then there's more people getting the help that they need absolutely 
so you need to sum up what we've said. So, <laughs> <laughs> summing up what we said is, you know, we wanting we need to learn how to use our words and communicate in healthy, honest ways with the people in our lives. Right. And we will experience better satisfaction and better quality of relationships. And so it's breaking it down and learning to kind of go back and deal with all those messages that people told you that you shouldn't say this or you should hide this or because we have to undo some of that because that's not true and that's not helping you right now. Yeah. And so if you're that person, you expect your your mate, your spouse, your boyfriend, your girlfriend to be able to just know what you want and need they cannot read your mind no one can read your mind and so use your words and tell them what you need you will see it it goes a long way it really does and and old habit patterns can break and we'll talk more about that next week uh we're also going to talk about how you what how you grew up how that is going to affect your communication skills as an adult Sure. And what relationships you've had prior to your serious partnership will as well. Yeah, we're going to tie all that in. So we would welcome any questions you have. And you can always text uh, the Go Yard Show at 727-888-4171. And also you can email us at goyard2014 at gmail.com. Go to our website, goyard2014.org, to go back to old shows. Um so, or you can put questions right here at, on Facebook to us, mm-hmm. right? So Absolutely. that's okay, too. Go ahead. No, I just want to kind of let our audience know, too, that I will be doing an event this weekend on Saturday. Oh, so great. if they want to stop by and say hi to Dr. Angel, Where I will be at... Where are you going to be? I will be at Liberate Physician Center in um, 12679 Seminole Boulevard. So we'll be there Saturday from 10 to 4. Stop by and come see okay, our friends. Okay, say that again. You'll be where? I will be at Liberate Physician Liberate Center. Liberate Physicians Center. In Largo. So it's in Largo. 12679 Seminole Boulevard. 12679 Seminole Boulevard. Just south of of Largo Mall, and we'll be doing an event. A lot of health and wellness vendors will be there, and I'll be there. So, wow, stop by 10 and say to 4. Hi. Okay. 10 to 4. Fantastic. That's a Saturday. So, yes. yeah. So, if y'all are out running around or you want to go meet Dr. Angel, you Come can find down. her there. Yes, you will. Yeah, you can find me on Sunday morning <laughs> at Beacon of Hope Ministries and on Facebook with our Facebook post yes. from the ministry every Sunday morning around 11. So, anyway, check it out. Check all the things out, the resources that we have to offer through GoYard. And uh, through your counseling ministry, they can find you, or your counseling business, they can find you at 727-501-6557. Correct. Do you have anything else you'd like to say before you get out of here? I would like to say that I am really excited to be doing this series because I think it's going to be life-changing. I think it will, too. And I don't even know who you are. What's your I'm name? I'm Dr. Angel. Oh, you're Dr. Angel, and I'm Mama Mac, and that's Tommy, and we'll see you next week. Good night. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.